Okay, let's uh, move on straight. This is going to be the last part we want to treat on this Ezekiel 28. And tonight I want to explain what the word cherubim means. And like I said, it's one of the, the verses or words that is found in this passage that makes men believe that this is talking about an angel. So I find there's a need to explain that in relation to what we're dealing with. So back to Ezekiel 28, and we start reading from verse number 12. Ezekiel 28, verse number 12. And it says, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus hear the Lord God, Thus he let up the sun full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Verse 13, That have been in Eden, the garden of gold, and every precious stone was that covering and the saddles, the topaz, and diamond, and berlin, the oxen, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle and gold, the workmanship of the tablets and of the pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. Verse 14 is the key. Thou art the anointed cherub that cover it. And I've said thee so. Thou was upon the holy mountain of God that has walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. We did explain the stones of fire last week. We did explain uh, the mountains. Isn't it? Right. But I want to deal with that word cherub tonight. And not a cherub. That word basically is a Hebrew root. The root is Hebrew. Hebrew word. The root word actually means the cherub consecrated to the Lord by the anointing oil. That's the original meaning, the root meaning of the word cherub. Means the cherub consecrated to the Lord by the anointing oil. Now, so you go back there, you read, he said, Thou art the anointed cherub. Are you getting that? Good. Now, when we say the cherub consecrated to the Lord by the anointing oil, now in this case, it's simply the consecration of King Tyrus into the kingly office. Amen? Okay. Of which anointing was basically the sign. We're going to take a look at a few scriptures here. Let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 16. I'll look at verse 13. Thou art the anointed cherub. In other words, I remember what he said, and I made thee so. I made thee so. And talk about in the day that I was created. We've explained that before, what it means to be created, isn't it? All right. So verse 13 says, 1 Samuel 16, 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. 
a consecration into office. Here, into the kingly office, like David. And it's just the same thing that was happening to King Cyrus. Is that all right? Okay. What we mean here now is, when David was consecrated with the anointing oil, that doesn't make him an angel. Are you following me? Good. It doesn't make him an angel, but it's simply an appointment to the office of a king. Now I'm going to read a scripture that we cause you to see that more explicitly. Explicitly. The consecration into kingship doesn't translate the person to become a creature with wings. But rather, it is an appointment to an office. Is that okay? Come on, are you there? Okay, let's take a typical example. And it doesn't really mean, for instance, when the, when the scripture said in uh, Ezekiel 28 verse 14, that the anointed cherub that covereth, right? And then it talked about, I made this so. Isn't it? Right. I made this so. It doesn't really have to mean, or it doesn't really mean that there was a ceremony performed where the oil was poured on the king. But what he's describing is, I made you a king. And there is always an assignment attached to being a king. I made thee so. The anointed cherub that covers. I may probably explain that a little bit. But first of all, let me give you a typical example of a king that was anointed without oil being poured on his head. Isaiah 45. Isaiah 45. Praise the Lord. This is what he said. Verse 1. Is that 45 verse 1? Thus saith the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I'm holding, to subdue nations before him, and I will lose the loins of kings, to open before him the two leaf gates, and the gate shall not be shut. The key point I want you to see there is, thus here the Lord to what? He's anointed. Now King Cyrus was a passion king. If you can put that on the board, go back to chapter 44 and get the last two verses for us to see. The Lord said, you are my anointed. Now the question is, King Cyrus was a passion king. He was not a Jew. There was no ceremony where King Cyrus had oil poured on him, just like we find in the case of David. Are you there with me? So when the Lord said that the anointed cherub is only trying to describe just like King Cyrus, this man was the king of Tyre. And he was saying, I made you a king. Now, if you go down, as you look at this, he said, the last verses, that sail to the deep, big die, and I would dry up thy rivers, Nesbas. And it says, the said of Cyrus, he is my shepherd. Is that okay? And shall perform all my pleasure. Even saying to Jerusalem, thou shalt be built, and to the temple, the foundation shall be what? Laid. I want you to look at that. 
He said, you are my shepherd. What is the word shepherd? Shepherd means the pastor. Is that okay? So he's saying to a foreign king, you are my pastor. I made you a pastor. What was the idea? To build Jerusalem that is in ruin and to bring back the people. And now we find that King Cyrus made a decree and the Jews began to return back to Jerusalem. That was the purpose of the anointing. Are you done with me? So you go back again to chapter 45, verse 1 now. This is the function. There now, in verse 1 of chapter 45, he's not saying, Thus said the Lord to his anointed. And he's not speaking to him. After giving him the assignment of rebuilding the city, of getting back the people as a shepherd, and he's not saying to him, I have only your right hand to lose nations. Hallelujah. To subdue nations before him, and I will lose the loins of kings. By implication, if you're going to war, or any decree you make, other kings will respond to it. To open before him the two gates, or leave gates, and the gates shall not be shut. Hallelujah. Come on, are you there with me now? So we find that King Cyrus was anointed, but there was no ceremony performed where oil was poured on his head. So the anointing simply is a call to do a specific job for who? For God. Hallelujah. And so if you go down the lane to the New Testament in Luke chapter uh, 4 or 17 or whatever, and you begin to read about Jesus, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because what? He has anointed me to preach the gospel, set the captive free, lose the eyes of the blind, and so on and so forth. Begin to get all of that which God wants him to do, and that is called the anointing. Amen? So here we find that King, King Cyrus was anointed to set the people free, to deliver Israel, and to rebuild the foundation and lay the walls of Jerusalem. And that is why he was called the shepherd. Not because there was a ceremony that was performed. The Bible made us to understand when Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. There was no ceremony performed where oil was poured on the head of Jesus. Come on, is anybody following me? So anointing doesn't necessarily mean an oil being poured on you. So when the scripture says in Ezekiel 28, that are the anointed cherub, it doesn't necessarily mean that oil had to be poured on King Cyrus. Well, I mean King, King, the king of Tyre, which is Tyrus himself. Is that okay? But our God has picked him for a specific duty. And what was the duty? The covering. I'm going to explain that a little bit. Just like Cyrus was to bring back the people and to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, even so, King Tyre was, or the king of Tyre, was anointed to be able to cover the people. It's a protection. The cherub that cover it, by implication, protect the people. Hallelujah. I've, I've raised you as a king to protect the people. Okay. Let me explain a little bit further. Number two, King Cyrus was called, or King Tyrus was called a cherub in respect to the fullness of the gift which God bestowed upon him. We're going to read a scripture here. Let's look at Ezekiel chapter 1, verse number 10. 
In Ezekiel chapter 1, verse number 10, what you found is this. First of all, if you take time to read verse 1, down the lane, you're going to find the same picture. But verse 10, as for the likeness of their faces, describing the cherubims with wings, that was on wheels, you go back and read that. Is that okay? Talking about living creatures. Have you read about that before? Talking about the living creatures that had the four faces. Now, he's describing the four faces here. As for the likeness of their faces, of the living creatures, the four had the face of a man and the face of a lion on the right side, and the four had the face of an ox on the left side. The four had also the face of an eagle. What are these four faces? These are the four faces of a man. The Bible talked about it. To the right was the lion's face, and to the left, the ox, and to the back from the above was the eagle. And these were also called what? Cherub. Look at that in verse 14. In Ezekiel 10, verse 14. Go to Ezekiel 10, verse 14. These living creatures we've just seen here are described as cherubs. Then I'm going to explain what the living creatures really means. So verse 14, are you there in Ezekiel 10, 14? And he said, and everyone had four faces. The first face was the face of a cherub. And the second face was the face of a man. The third face, the face of a lion. The fourth face, that of an eagle. And the cherubims were lifted up. This is the living creatures that I saw by the river of is that okay? Verse 16. And when the cherubims went, the wings went by them. And when the cherubims lifted up their wings to mount up from the earth, the same will also turn now from beside them. I will not have time to explain the wheels tonight. Maybe some other times we'll deal with that. But the point here is. Cherubs were the custodian of the glory of God. Amen? And if you study the wheel, it's a wheel within a wheel. No time to talk about that now. Let's deal with the key here. What do you think this is talking about? The four faces that were just read. The four faces we are reading about is describing man. You. Hallelujah. Are you there with me? Hallelujah. Now, man, see, if you take time to read the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, what you Luke and John, you're going to find the four faces describing the ministry of Jesus. As a man, as an ox, as an eagle, and as a lion. That is what you find in the four Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are the four faces of Jesus. Is that all right? Are you following me? He explained now. 
man. He came as a man. That's, that is as it were. Matthew. Now, one thing that is prominent or the major attribute of a man is wisdom. Of all the creatures of God, it's man that has the wisdom of God. So man, or the face of a man, speaks of what? Wisdom. Lion speaks of strength. Man equals wisdom. Lion equals strength. The ox. The ox is a burden bearer. Carries load. But the major attribute of a horse is patience and constancy of labor. The horse is a patient creature animal that carries burden. So Jesus faced as the horse is that of a burden bearer. And the strength of his conquering power is that of the lion. So he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. His face as a man is an intelligent being born as a human being. Are you following? Hallelujah. The eagle is speed and high flight. That is the eagle. So I summarize that for you again. Man, wisdom. Lion, strength. Ox, patient and labor. Burden bearer. Eagle, speed and high flight. So, Isaiah will say, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength like what? Like the eagle. Shall run and not be weary. And they shall mount up with wings. Are you there now? So these are the four faces of these living creatures that are called cherubims. Which in the true sense means man. So these are the qualities and the gifts of a cherub. So when God calls a man a cherub, he is saying, you have the quality of wisdom, you have the quality of strength, you have the quality of a burden bearer, and you have the quality of what? Speed and high heights. Was those qualities are found in a man? Is a cherub. Are you following that? Come on, are you following me? So when the word says, that are the anointed cherub, what is he saying? I'm placing you wisdom. I'm giving you strength. Are you there with me? Right. And I'm giving you the ability to rule as it were laboring as a king. And then I'm giving you speed. Praise the Lord. So basically these four faces we find in Ezekiel chapter 1 and chapter 10 correspond to the four principal divisions of the living creatures among the Hebrews. I'm going to explain something. Praise the Lord. When you look at the camping in Israel, you go to the book of Numbers. Numbers chapter number, Numbers number, Numbers 2, Numbers chapter 2. Let's look at verse 3. 
The four faces of the living creatures correspond to the household of Israel in their encampment in the wilderness. So let's look at verse 3 of the book of Numbers. What do you find there? On the east side, there was a rising of the sun. Are you following? Shall they of the standard of the camp of Judah pitch throughout their armies? Nashan, the son of Aminadab, shall be captain of the children of Judah. On the east side. Amen? Okay. Look at verse 10. Numbers 2, verse 10. On the south side shall be the standard of the cup of Reuben, according to the armies, and the captain of the children of Reuben shall be Eliezer, the son of Sheba. Now, if you look at all this, okay, just go on a little bit. On the, no, verse 18, go to verse 18. So you have the east, you have what side? The south, okay? Look at verse 18. On the west side, be the standard of the camp of Ephraim according to the armies, and the captain of the sons of Ephraim shall be Elishama, the son of Amihob. Verse 25. The standard of the camp of Dan shall be on the north side by the armies, and the captain of Gideon of Dan shall be Aizor, the son of Amishadai. Now, if you look at the word standard, it's talking about flag. Are you there? Just like you have your flag. Maybe your Nigeria flag, whatever the case may be. That is what the word standard stands for. Now, if you go back to study, you find that the standard of the children of Israel, or the flag that is hosted in all their camp, they have the four faces of this scripture we're talking about. Face of a man, face of a lion, face of the horse, and the face what? Of the eagle. Hallelujah. And so, this represents the fullness of their endowments as tribes. The strength that each tribe had is what is represented in the flags. Are you following me? And it is all of those representations that you find in who? In Christ. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The four standards East, south, west, north. So if you take time to go study, that's what you're going to see. Praise the Lord. Are you following? Good. So when we're talking about natural cherubs, we're not talking about just some living creatures in terms of, uh, what do I call this now? In terms of creatures with wing. The best place you can really talk about creatures with wind, as it were, you go back to let you see what the cherubs were supposed to be covering or carrying, as the case may be. So let's take a look at Exodus 20. So when we say the anointed cherub that cover it, it is simply an allusion, you know, a kind of description uh, of the cherubim that cover the mercy seat with their wings on top of the ark in the temple. Are you there in Exodus 25, verse 20? This is what it says. And the cherubims shall stretch for their wings on high, covering the mercy seat with the wings. 
and their faces shall look one to another. Towards the mercy seat shall the faces of the cherubims be. Praise the Lord. Now, if you go down to read Isaiah, I think, chapter 6. Remember the cherubim that has six wings, with wings, two they fly, with wings they cover their feet, with two, you know. But tell me what was happening. The Bible said they were saying one to another, glory, glory, glory. How many of you understand that? And as they were saying that, what was the next thing that happened? The glory of the Lord. So, the major function of the cherubim is to protect and to carry the glory of God. And so here we find that on top of the ark were the two cherubim, and the Bible said they were facing each other. Is that okay? Now you find that in between their wings was the glory of God. Can you get that now? So it means they protected the glory of God, and that's what you find on the wheels as well in Exodus chapter 1, chapter 10. And that is what you find in Isaiah chapter 6. So if we really come to the place, thank you, Father, if we really come to the place where we understand who we are as redeemed creatures of God, the more we speak of God's glory, the more his glory is revealed. Because when a Jeremy keeps saying glory, 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 the Bible said the glory of the Lord filled the temple. So they reveal the glory of God. They make God's glory manifest by their pronouncement, by the things they say. So if you come to that understanding that of a truth, you carry God's glory. Hallelujah. Hebrews 1, scripture says, Jesus is the express image and what? The glory of God. If you carry God's glory, the more you declare God's glory, the more his glory is revealed. That's why you speak to yourself glory. Hallelujah. Sometimes we just need to go and shout glory, glory in services and see his presence manifested. Hallelujah. Interesting, isn't it? All right. So we find that this is simply an imagery that is employed here by Ezekiel as a priest from the Jewish temple wherein the cherubims were. What we just read in Exodus is basically what it is. So when Ezekiel was describing the four living creatures and the glory that they carry, he was a Jewish man. He understood what the temple really was. He knew what was right in the midst, most of the holy place, even as a priest. He understood what the glory was. Hallelujah. Okay. So, like I said, the, the, the cherubims overshadowed the mercy seat, and then in between the wings of these cherubims, you have the glory and the mercy seat. You know, so here we find that as a king of Tyre, he was like a demigod, a kind of small god in his own thoughts, right? Was supposed to have extended his protection over the what? The interests of time. When he said, you are the cherubim that cover it. The cherubims cover the glory of God. They protected the glory of God. Are you done with me? Good. So if God is saying you are the cherubim and not a cherub that does what? cover it. What he's saying is this. I've given you the dominion. I've given you the nation, the city of Tyre for you to do what? To protect it. Are you following me? Because cherubims protect. Hallelujah. 
And that is why in that Ezekiel 28, 14, he said, you are the anointed cherub that covered it. I said this so. In other words, you didn't set yourself up as a king. I set you up to protect the nation, to protect the people, to protect the commerce, everything, the glory of the nation was in your hand, and I set you up that way. Praise the Lord. Let's take a look at, at, at a scripture here. I think it will be relevant to this. Proverbs chapter 8. Let's look at 15 to 16. Proverbs chapter 8, 15 to 16. What does it say? For by me, kings reign, and princes decree justice. Verse 16. By me, princes rule, and nobles, even all the judges of the earth. By who? By me. So he said, I said thee so, so that you rule by me. Are you following that? Good. But now we come to the place where King Tyrus was now thinking that the dominion, the power, and the authority that is gotten was his. He wouldn't realize that God set him so. They are not a cherub that covered so that you can rule and have dominion and protect the people, protect the city. That is the purpose by which I anointed you as a king. God anointed King Cyrus to bring the people back. God anointed King Tyrus to protect the people. Are you following me? It simply means every anointed cherub has got an assignment. By implication, you cannot truly manifest being a cherub until you truly come to the realization of what God created you for. The purpose for your calling, why you are called, which has to do with your anointing, must be ascertained. And then you can have influence over that environment. If you study King Tyrus' anointing, the Bible minutes on the sand, the gates of cities shall be opened, the loins of kings. What that means is when kings begin to hear that King Cyrus is coming, fear grips them. They lose their stamina to fight. And God said, I'm going to do that. I'm holding you with my right hand. Which stands for victory, the right hand of victory. And if you read down Isaiah 45, it says, and I will deliver to you the treasures of darkness. What is that supposed to mean? All the monies you need to execute the job are going to come to you. Men who are not in the light. Darkness doesn't mean witches and wizards and demons, whatever. When he says, I will deliver to you the treasures of darkness, it simply means other nations will sponsor the project. Because who is not in the light is in what? It's in darkness. So the treasures of darkness mean money coming to you to execute the project. Because you are anointed. So King Sarah was anointed cherub, therefore money was not going to be his problem to execute the project of laying the foundation of building the temple and causing the people to come back home. Are you following me? 
But the king Tyrus was you are anointed to protect the people, protect the commons, protect the city. That is why I anointed you for. Praise the Lord. Oh my. So when we talk about cherub, we just simply describe, and if you will, an ideal compound description of the highest kind of animal existence at the type of the redeemed man in his ultimate state of perfection. When you talk about cherub in the true sense, you're describing the complete redeemed man in the place of perfection or glory. Hallelujah. Amen? Man is made in the image and likeness of God. You remember that? Hallelujah. Christ is a perfect man. Why is he a perfect man? Because he had the four qualities of the living creature. Are you following me? Hallelujah. So here we find that the king Tyrus was like in a state of perfection until iniquity was found in thee. Can you get it now? Good. Because he got the four qualities of the redeemed man. And that was meant to give him absolute dominion and power to rule the nation and the commerce that was coming to him. Until iniquity was found in thee. And I explained iniquities. Remember that? Ezekiel 26, we read that before. Because of your commerce, the merchandise of the city. Do not remember. Amen? Praise the Lord. So we're talking about, to an extent, the composite, composite, if you will, I'm talking about the entire humanity that will be redeemed into the place of dominion and glory. Back to Eden. The fullness of the forefathers revealing a man brings him back to Eden. Absolutely. Let us make man an image, let him have dominion. God planted a garden and put the man that he has made. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. The point then is this. King Tyrus, as an anointed cherub, was full of wisdom, power, excellency, like a cherub or angel, being set apart for the purpose of service in a kingly office as the anointed of God. Is that okay? So when God says, I anointed you, I grant you wisdom, excellent of wisdom, I grant you power, right? I grant you strength, and then I give you speed, wisdom. You think about the ego. The ego can look directly to the sun. He's the only creature that can look directly to the sun. He can even be flying towards the sun. That is the only animal. And that is why there are two major people, help me, Father. You have the eagle saint and you have the chicken saints. Come on. Did you understand what I'm saying? The eagle saints are only looking up to heaven, as it were. Lift up your eyes, O your gate, and the king of glory shall come in. Colossians 3. If you then be redeemed from the earth, created anew, Look up to. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. Those who set their affection on things of the spirit, on things of heaven above, they are ego saints. Those who are always looking down and thinking about sorrow, thinking about pain, and thinking about what they can eat. 
They are like chicken. How does chicken behave? They are always picking from the dust. So we have eagle saint and chicken saints. Which one are you? Hallelujah. Come on. Are you still there with me? Praise the living God. So yeah, we're looking at the anointed cherub. We're talking about King Tyrus. Anointed to an office for the exercise of his power as a shield, a protector of the weak, which was now his state, and that is the kingdom of Tyre, and all of such that the Lord brought under his control as a reigning king. The anointed cherub that does what? Cover it. Anointed you to protect the people. Anointed you to protect the state, the nation. So that's what I anointed you for. But business, the affluence that was coming, the glory that was coming, by reason of the business that the nation was now experiencing, entered into his head. Without realizing, I made thee so. So iniquity was found in him. Are you following me? Hallelujah. I want you to see this because it's very simple. So being called a cherub was not because it was an angel or Adam in the garden. But rather the reference to his stately dominion and service in the hands of God. Hallelujah. That is just what it means to be called a cherub. Not because he was a, a creature with wings, huh? Was flying. No, I'm not talking about that. By the way, anytime we look at wings, we'll be looking at birds. Or maybe like the kind of thing they describe for you. We can have a lot to say on that. But how many of you understand Psalm 91? Hmm? He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abound at the shadow of the Almighty. And the Bible talks about we being called by the wings. Does God have wings? Is God a bird? Hallelujah. Come on. Are you following me? Where is the wind of God? Right there on the cherubs. Right there. And it talks about shadow. He that dwelleth in the secret, Psalm 91, put it on the board. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. I've explained this time with that number, but I can give it back to you. Are you there with me? Psalm 91. Let's look at verse 1. Hallelujah. Praise the living God. Is anybody following me at all? He shall cover thee with his feathers. Okay, that's also fine, verse 4. But first of all, look at, look at verse, verse 1. Let's get to verse 4. Like that, you're smart. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abound at the shadow of all the Almighty. Shadow. Where is the shadow? Between the two wings of the cherubim on top of the ark. God is light. In him is no darkness at all. So how can you get a shadow? <laughs> so the shadow speaks of his glory under the wings of the cherubim. Can you get that? That is where the shadow is. That's where protection is. Now go to verse 4. Look at verse 4. Oh, just read it from verse 2. Let's start reading from verse 2. Interesting. And that's why some of us need to get out of the fear of Ebola. Hmm. 
Look at this. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Next verse. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noise of pestilence. Ebola. He will deliver you from them. Are you still there with me? Look at the next thing. He shall cover thee with his what? Feathers. And under his wings shall thou trust. His truth shall be what? Thy shield and buckler. Where is the shadows? Right there. Where is the feather? Right there. Where is the wings? Right there. On the cherubim. Are you following me? That is why when you read, help me Lord, when you read, and so the Bible made us understand that Peter, when he was walking on the street, people were bringing the sick and putting them by the roadside. And his shadow, <laughs> you begin to understand now. What shadow? Come on. Can you see it now? The glory that was in Peter was healing the people wherever they were kept. Not the shadow. Because think about it. If, for instance, it was noonday, then Peter's shadow would be right under his feet. But the people were kept by the roadside. So how was the shadow healing them? Hmm? Now, if it is towards evening, the shadow is going to be to the left side. As it means walking this way. Because the sun is coming from this side. So his shadow will be cast here. That means all those who are laid here will not get healed. Because the shadow can't get to them. So it's not talking of literal shadow. This type you see here. It's talking about God's glory that was emanating from the life of Peter. Can I hear any man to that? That is why you must, you must walk this walk to the point where your presence, come on now. Are you still there with me? Your glory, the presence of God emanates from your life. I was praying with a sister a few weeks ago. And he said, don't come close to me. I said, why? He said, there's too much fire coming out of your body. I said, who told you that? So I can feel it. And she was covering herself, covering and protecting herself. I was just wondering what was happening because I didn't know what was going on. She was feeling and seeing. I wasn't seeing anything. Do you understand what I'm saying? You just need to come to that place. But Peter was walking. The glory was coming from me. Same glory that was protected. After that point, I would say Peter was a cherub. Come on. Are you still there with me? Because he was a carrier of what? The glory of God. And it's only the cherub that protects the glory. So he's not talking about some creatures. God is not a bird. How is it that he's having feathers? Verse 4. <laughs> under his wing. He'll protect you with your feathers. How many of you remember Jesus said the same thing in Matthew 23? And the last one, the last verse. Remember that? Say, I desire, oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, I desire to protect you as a hand will protect the chief with what? His feathers. So what was Jesus saying? My glory shall have protected Jerusalem. Come on, are you following me? Say, but you rejected the protection that I brought for you. Now the Roman soldiers are going to come. So when you finish talking about the feathers and the glory and the hand and knowledge in the book of Matthew 23, Chapter 24 was the next scene. The destruction of Jerusalem. You rejected my covering. Now, destruction is coming. Are we still together? This is what it means to be an altar cherub. It has nothing to do with some 
creatures that are flying up in the sky, some creatures, and it has nothing to do with Adam, one bit, nothing to do with Adam. They are not a cherub of Ezekiel 28. It's simply nobody else but who? The king of time. To whom God has anointed and given the four faces of intelligence, of strength. Are you can that? That's wisdom, strength, power, the ox, and the eagle. Height and speed. Just like no other creature among the bells in the air. It's only the ego that God used to illustrate who his children looks like. Are you still there with me? And God said, I've given this to you. So you are not a cherub. You are meant to protect the people. You are meant to cover them, protect the weak, protect the sick, protect. Come on. That is what he's talking about. Protect the nation. Protect the commerce. You are not a cherub that covering. And I said this so. At the great tonight, you experience God's glory. His presence will overwhelm your life. You will move in the dimension of an anointed cherub. You are an anointed cherub God. You are the redeemer of the Lord because you become the image of Christ. God is the express. Bible tells us Christ is the express image and the glory of God. That is what you are becoming. And out of your life shall his glory flow forth. So if Peter here with the shadow, you get your shadow set to heal people. You can do it just like Peter did it. God bless you and I'll see you next week. For further information and message order, please call plus 234-803-4810869 or you can visit our website at www.gkai.net God bless you.